Hi, it's Erica. And it's Liana. And this is the Night Guys podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff. Supernatural, extraterrestrial, cryptid, culty, true crime. We'll cover it all. And we're drinking tea because both of us are sick. (laughs) So join (laughs) us. (laughs) So if you hear random sniffles Uh... or slurping, it is us attempting to, I don't know. Function. <laughs> mm, functioning at a much lower level today, <laughs> which is really scary because my oh. level is never really that high to begin with. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> yeah, we're both we're both struggling, but we knew we knew we had to be good to our loyal listeners. So, what kind Here of tea we- are you drinking? I am drinking. Actually, I switched it up. I'm doing some ginger tea. But I threw in a lemon. But earlier today, I was drinking some wellness tea from mm. Mr. Trombley's Tea in Duncan's Mills. Shout out to Duncan's Mills because it's the most beautiful town in the whole wide world. <laughs> I haven't been there in a really long time. Shame on you. <sighs> I'll go to him. tomorrow. Yeah, I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> Get him at seven and off I go. <laughs> um, one big thing we want to say is uh, what? You're not going to ask me what tea I'm drinking? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Pray tell what tea. Chamomile. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> With a little bit of monk fruit sugar. That is the weirdest sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> Dude, monk fruit sugar is where it's at. What is it? What? It's made from... The, the monk fruit and <laughs> and it like zero calories but it's organic and natural and not processed oh and it doesn't taste like butt like stevia i really oh no, i don't like stevia this is not this tastes just like sugar it looks like the brown sugar in the raw oh okay all right <sighs> so good all right i will i will give that a try i just i hate stevia yeah no seriously no. like a lot a lot it's mm-hmm. disgusting opposite of that it's a good time shout out to monk fruit (laughs) (laughs) and we have another shout out in order because we've had some assistance with our recording because we i don't know what i'm trying to say erica uh we suck at this still (laughs) and we're trying harder to not suck so hard So we've, I've especially been working on making a pod cave. <laughs> and now I have a, a mini pod cave. Big shout out to Bobby for doing it secretly for Erica, even though he's got the plague and he's super sick and he just did it anyway. <laughs> he's thank off. you. So you guys can thank him if I sound better. If I don't, then blame Liana. It's <laughs> <laughs> crap. So I will also be needing to make my own recording cave a little more sound because sound, haha. You need to make uh, it more sound. No, just like, like the structure, sound? the you structural, structural, structural issues because it's starting to warp. Oh no, <laughs> my my futon is warping. So hopefully that will get better. All right, enough Aww. of that long stupid tangent. So today we're covering. Urban myths and legends, and I'm really excited about mine. But first, we have news, right? Yeah. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll do it. I'll okay. do this up. So mine has to do with <laughs> I identify with this one because stupid things really bother me a lot. <laughs> this is a stupid thing that bothered a lot of people. Oh. And they got it changed because <laughs> they couldn't handle it anymore. This was in New York. You know when you have like a toll gate that you go through? There yeah. was one that it normally says Holland on it. And okay. for the O, they put a big wreath over it. Oh. And then there's another wreath that's a tree. <laughs> they put the tree-shaped wreath over the N. Wow. So it looks stupid and not pleasing to the eye. They should have put it in over the A. The A. A. I even, I've and even been, seen it and I know. Yeah. They've been doing it this way forever, apparently. 
And there are some people that couldn't take anymore. So a guy went on to change.org. His name is Corey <laughs> Wendelspecht, I think. Uh, he started a petition. He uh, wrote on the petition. It said, every holiday season, it is decorated, it being the sign with two wreaths and a holiday tree. But for some reason, the tree is over the letter N in the word Holland instead of the letter A, where it would fit perfectly. It's just unsightly and ruins the holiday festivities for people <laughs> to enjoy on such a great piece of architecture. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, he goes on to say that I'm asking you to join with me in asking the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey to move the tree decoration over from the letter N to cover the A. <laughs> this is a time where all people should be celebrating and have an opportunity to enjoy the decorations and festivities. This country is divided already. Let's start doing things to bring us back together. <laughs> My goodness, that's a really strongly worded letter. I considering know. That it's oh, just, uh, I mean, I, I agree with the want, but I don't think yeah. all of that was necessary. It's insane. I love it, though. And his petition, like, super fast, gained um, tons of signatures. <laughs> Um, one guy who signed it said that, um, he told this person who did the petition, he, <laughs> he purposely for the entire month of December goes a different route, which adds an hour to his commute in the morning. So he does not have to look at it. Okay. That's it. excessive and ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that people felt so strongly about something that is annoying, but more than 80% of voters wanted to change it. So they got it changed. It is now officially not ugly. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm going to try to show you what it was. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Ugh, it's God. Just, I don't like it. Now I see why he wrote that letter. Yeah. It's not cool, guys. Rude. No. That's rude. That's rude. Well, it's so stupid. I think the guy or girl who put it up is like, oh, well, I'm going to pick the second to last letters, you know, like if you go out from each end. Trying to space it appropriately. Right. But, well, who cares no. about that? That's, well, now instead of being angry about something, I'm going to share silly news that's going to make you laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is about a parrot, and his name is Rocco. <laughs> so, a foul-mouthed parrot who is kicked out of an animal sanctuary for swearing too much is using technology to cause even more trouble. <laughs> He's an African gray parrot. He's been using Amazon Alexa to shop while his owner was away. <laughs> so uh, I like him. She kept finding that her Amazon account suddenly had like pending orders for snacks, like watermelon and ice cream, and also a tea kettle. <laughs> <laughs> So she'd have to check the shopping list when she'd come from work and like have to cancel all the items that he ordered. I guess he's got kind of like a love affair with Alexa. Like he just he talks to her all the time. Aww. She said that he <laughs> his love for Alexa goes beyond material things. He also uses the device to listen to his favorite music, which is the Kings of Leon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like, I've come what home a before. Sweet guy. Oh, no. I like romantic music playing. He loves to dance and has the sweetest personality and loves romantic tunes. But yeah, so he's been racking up the bills on Amazon. I just think it's really cute because sometimes we need happy news. I mean, that's not terrible, right? (laughs) Unless you're his owner. (laughs) Well, (laughs) whatever. Ice cream can't cost that much. I know. And watermelon is pretty good. Yeah, that's all I'm going to share. The other news story is too stupid and I hate it. (laughs) Fair enough. That's fine. I'm okay with that. (laughs) So our urban myths and legends, I last minute today changed mine. Yeah, that's right. Something new. (laughs) Did you tell me what you changed it to? I did not. Okay. I was like, did I hallucinate that she did? No. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) God. Both of us. (laughs) Oh, no. Do you want to go first? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a wild ride. All right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh, shit. You want me to go first? No, let's do this. All right. We don't want to end on my low note. Oh, okay. I don't know that mine's going to be a high note. Hold on. Wait, before you go, I'm going to pour more tea. Hold on. No. Because I brought my giant tea kettle thingy that keeps stuff hot. Yeah, I'm pouring tea into a tea cup. 
And I'm it's not peeing. That's not P sounds. That's T. You guys, she's peeing. I'm not peeing. It's she's peeing T. <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> okay so i attempted i'm gonna have to try this one again later since i'm failing but i wanted to look more into the urban myth legend ish of the men in black yes yes i forgot already <laughs> so excited i don't know why i'm so intrigued by these fools I shouldn't say that if they're real. They're going to show up tonight. <laughs> Especially because you hate aliens and they're right? like directly related with aliens. Oh, I hate aliens. I hate them. So- I, see, I don't even like saying that. I don't like discussing aliens. <laughs> I don't want them to come and hurt me. <laughs> I hate them. Oh, I mean, I don't hate them. <laughs> I'm so scared. Damn it. This is just the stupidest turn. <laughs> so... For whatever reason, the men in black have always intrigued me, even though I don't like an unknown thing that lives in the sky that I won't mention. (sighs) So I looked up how the men in black came to be a legend. Yes, tell me. I never knew this. I've only ever read stories of people's encounters with them, which are freaky. Some of them are so scary. I don't like them because, like, half the time when people describe them, they're like alien y. They have like weird, skinny, like arms and appendages and like glowy eyes, really tall. Some float a little bit, people say. They don't like walk quite right. And they'll say that they have eyes that are a little bit shimmery or some glow. Oh, like Angelica Houston's in Witches. Do you remember that? They were purple. Uh, uh, Oh, God, I wanted purple eyes after that so bad. She's so cool. I should have done it on that. (laughs) I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) No. Um, So what's crazy is this. There is an origin for this. And then it's so crazy because... It started with it and then blew up into Will Smith, like, moonwalking around singing songs. I don't hate that, though. I don't either. I really like that pug. <laughs> I like the worms. Ew. <laughs> no, I don't like actual worms. They're disgusting. I know, you hate They me. were funny. Uh, okay. So, I'm kind of debating ad-libbing this instead of reading it which is really horrifying considering i don't feel good you, you. okay i'm gonna keep drinking tea tell me if i'm slurping and if you can hear it because i'm trying wow. not to you're good so what how this started was there was a guy and if i can find his name it would be really 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 helpful but um (laughs) basically if i'll look for it while i'm talking but um there was a dad that went out on a boat with his son and their dog and they were out on this lake totally no specifics for this since i suck right now (laughs) and they were out on the lake and they saw a flying saucer they saw a few one crashed okay and they said it rained down debris oh shit they claimed it killed their puppy, which no! I'm really not no. happy about. You could have omitted that from the story. No, but everyone else has to know and be sad like me. <laughs> I know. So sorry. Um, and they freaked out, came back, told a magazine. And where it got weird was people who were involved. One of them was a known con artist. The oh. other thing that was weird is when the dad went in to talk about his story, supposedly there was a military pilot who of a B-52 plane. He claimed to have saw it also. Oh, and he no. said there were two other pilots and he had them come in to corroborate what this guy saw and he saw separately. Okay. And supposedly after they told their story to the magazine, the pilot's plane caught on fire and burnt to the ground after Uh, which made ufo people like tweak out which is (laughs) of course kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) so that's like one of the places that it started from the the person i was talking about that was a con artist he was known he got his start working for a guy that god i wish i let me see if i can find it take your time 
he started this magazine and the article I have on him, it describes him. He's, he sounds so sad. <laughs> I like want the, to the three right. nerds, the three nerds that are in the X-Files. That... Oh, so much worse. Oh, I love them. What are their names? Um, Langley. Is that one? Langley's an Air Force base. <laughs> I think one of them used that as his code name. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Okay, so the first time the phrase Men in Black was used was a 1956 notification book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. Oh, okay. That's the name of the book, which is really strange. Um, It was by UFO writer Gray Barker. That's his name. Uh, The book purports to tell the true dramatic story of a UFOologist um, who had been threatened by the government agents telling him to stop researching and writing about UFOs. So the two accounts are the one I just told you of the dad in this boat with his son. And then this guy who is the one I'm talking about, who has the really sad, lonely description. So this con <laughs> artist hooked up with this guy. I'll get to that later. So he writes this book. It says that Great Barker's influence among the ufologists, he's cited more than a dozen times in the U.S. Air Force Office of Scientific Research in 1969. Ooh. Which is also really weird because it's like they looked into him and it's very strange to me. Like when I was looking into this guy, they were talking about how like even though he was a con artist, Mm -hmm. they said he always had a seed of truth that like sparked the cons he came up with. So a lot of people have tried to figure out where he got this idea. And um, I think it's part from that one story I just said in this this guy who claims to have visited who has been visited by the men in black. Um, Unfortunately... Barker was, if not right, and um, sorry, if not an outright con artist, he was also a wholesale fabricator. So his entire writing career was a patchwork of invented stories and lies in a, <laughs> in a series of articles in Skeptical Inquirer magazine. Author John Sherwood confessed his lengthy history as an aspiring writer who got a start under the tutelage of Barker. So he not only is a con artist, but he was taught by a con artist, which is really <laughs> sad. Well, that layers. seems like the kind of thing that you would pass down. You're right. Like, I will teach you. Yeah. So he was persistently encouraged to make up and sensationalize his stories. And um, Sherwood even caught Barker doing such things as making phone calls with a disguised voice to report made-up sightings of strange <laughs> phenomenon to honest <laughs> paranormal researchers such as John Keel, all for the sake of creating a story. Barker did it <laughs> totally, like, didn't care. Um, even would tell Sherwood outright that he pretty much took all of UFOlogy as a joke. And Sherwood wrote that Barker hawked his books and magazines by embellishing stories and encouraging others to fabricate more. He launched hoaxes, joined others' deceptions, and manipulated people's beliefs. Oh, that's um, neat. Yeah, they would even, uh, him and his friend would call in and disguise voices to different people who would like write them letters or people he would read about who had had experiences and go, Hey, you really need to make sure you called in. Or he would call them and go, Oh my God, I saw it too. You need to call the government. Like he would encourage people, <laughs> which is really crazy. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. Cause I don't know. He like really played on people's emotions, which is I'm not okay with. They, they so even part of the men in black, like made up thing. Yeah. No, but and this like is his it. background. So um, he also, him and his friend who would make these hoax phone calls, they made a uh, footage film of 1966 using a ceramic saucer held from a fishing pole. They sold that and made money off of it. I've That's seen his. pictures of that. That's him. That's oh, Ray Barker. Ass. I... So um, as this article I looked at, it said, and so we'd be within reason to regard Gray Barker's Genesis of the Men in Black in the book that he wrote in they knew too much about flying saucers with a degree of skepticism. But like I said earlier, Barker did tend to grow his fiction from the seeds of actual reports and the men in black were no different. In this case, the seed came from one of his early publishers, a strange man named Albert K. Bender. This is who I was trying to find. (laughs) (laughs) Bender is very strange. (laughs) I like him. In 52, Barker was an enthusiastic young writer. He was 27 years old. Um, He found a publisher for some of his early stories in a periodical called Space Review. The (laughs) newsletter was titled Flying Saucer Bureau. Very creative. Um, This bureau only had one guy in it 
Albert Bender. Um, he had a regular job, but this was like his like side passion project. Oh, like his hobby. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Although in his 30s, Bender lived with his stepfather in a room he called his chamber of horrors. Oh, he boy. decorated it with his own paintings of ghouls and skulls and flavored by ambient sound effects from a phonograph. Okay. <laughs> That's why I really wanted to find this. Oh my gosh. One of his chief inspirations had been the excitement of pulling dead bodies out of the water once when he'd been in the Air Force. He ah. claimed Indian blood and a heritage of witchcraft and relaxed by telling stories telepathically to people all around the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. right. And in his spare time, Bender edited Space Review. Gray Barker targeted Bender and his space review early on as both a publishing outlet and a source of material. He would get a lot of like ideas and stories from Bender because clearly he had oh, a lot of things yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> Telling people stories telepathically. Um, by early 53, Bender named Barker his chief investigator and relied on him for nearly all of the content for his space review journal, book, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. The later that same year, a document called the Robertson Panel Report was released by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency detailing their conclusions from a special panel that had been reviewed, and it was called Project Blue Book, to determine uh -huh. if UFO reports posed any potential threat to national security. Um, the conclusion was that they did not. However... Buried deep within the report was a reference to private UFO in, uh, enthusiast groups like Bender. So Bender was yeah. one of these enthusiast groups. In the statement, the <laughs> poor Bender, the CIA oh. basically told these groups, hey, you need to stop looking into this stuff. Ah. Uh, it's not good. Don't do it. Mm. And oh, so that's... Bender kind of freaked out when he read that. Well, yeah. Okay, he was like, whoa, they know about me. Am I on to something? Like, I'm They're one of these spooks. groups. They'll yeah. disappear him. <laughs> yeah. So Bender obsessed over this. And this one statement in particular that I was just talking about struck a nerve with his paranoia. In September, he notified Bridgeport Herald newspaper that he was closing his International Flying Saucer Bureau immediately because he was scared. <laughs> and the reason he was scared was because he had a frightening visit. <gasps> After the CIA released this comment, he had the men in black visit him. <laughs> what happened? And Bender said, quote, three men wearing dark suits came to his home, flash credentials showing them to be representatives of the higher authority, and asked him many questions about his, the IFSB, his little magazine. That's it, mm -hmm. shortened. They okay. told him, not roughly, but sternly and empathetically, to stop publishing flying saucer information. Was his dad home when they came? I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, did the other people that were also on that list that the CIA released? Were Ooh, they I don't know either. That'd be fun to find out because they named two different other um, groups. So I bet I could look into that and find out. That'd be I'm interesting. I'm curious if the other groups also got a visit. Well, keep listening. It gets, oh, God. It gets bendery. <laughs> I'm just going to have more tea. All right. Yeah. Um, he also claimed that a recent television psychic's prediction that the U.S. government would make an announcement about flying saucers on December 10th, 53. Uh, and it was based on the writings of Nostradamus. So he's saying this lines up. For the next nine years, he refused to give any further details of the three men. However, he finally did break his silence in 1962 when Barker persuaded him to write a detailed account of what happened. Bender called it Flying Saucers and the Three Men. Um, the volume was, to put it mildly, bizarre. Bender claimed <laughs> that he had learned of the truth about flying saucers. This is the part that made me sad. By astrally projecting himself to their secret underground ground base in Antarctica. What? They didn't show up at his house. I came to his mind. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Um, and they lived in Antarctica. <laughs> It was populated by aliens of three genders. The visitation from the three men had been a psychic visitation. Albert Bender, in addition to being quite the eccentric, probably also suffered from a delusional disorder. God damn it. Mm -hmm. uh... And this is where Gray Barker comes back in. He took that information. He wrote this book. He spun it and twisted it and sold it and did his little con man stuff and hyped it up and, and made money off of that. 
which is really upsetting to so me. So that's where the Men in Black got created? Yep. Or, or that's what the CIA wants us to think. Dude, right? I, I think it could be possible. Because I'm still holding on to the other sighting of the guy with his son. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple things that I thought were fun and also really, really creepy. <laughs> it on. So I'm here's some... a really dark, dark room <laughs> by myself. Here's some um, accounts of people, though, who have been visited by the men in black. Okay. They, they described it as there was no eyebrows or eyelashes, no signs of stubble. The caller acknowledged the person by name and specified that they wanted to discuss his UFO sightings. They gave exact date and time. They were perplexed as to how they had gotten his information, but refused to let him in. Um, They asked to see identification, but the visitor ignored him and repeatedly asked to come in. Um, It was almost as if the Men in Black character could only utter a limited selection of set phrases. Like, will you please let me in? And then they'll be like, no, who are you? Will you please let me in? Like, they, like, are stuck (laughs) like a robot. Um, Another one is two men in their 20s visited Richardson and questioned him briefly. The name doesn't matter. This is just an excerpt. They never identified themselves and Richardson, to his own subsequent surprise, did not ask where they were. He noted that they left in a black 1953 Cadillac. The license number, when checked, had not been issued. At 5.30 p.m., there was a knock at the door. A representative of the, quote, missing heirs bureau said that he was looking for an Edward Christensen who had inherited a great deal of money. This investigator dressed in black and stood at least six foot six with an enormous frame with thyroid eyes, no idea, dead white skin and pipe stem limbs. His shoes featured unusually thick rubber soles. Despite his size, the visitor spoke in a high, tiny voice that issued in an emotionless monotone in clip phrases like a computer. Um, another one was the Inquisitor's two short trousers had ridden up his skinny leg and a thick green wire came out of his sock and disappeared under his pants. The wire seemed to be intend- uh, indented into his leg at one point and was covered by a large brown spot. When the visitor left the house and reached the road, he gave a hand signal and a 63 black Cadillac pulled alongside with its headlights out. The stranger climbed into the car and it drove off, headlights still off. That's creepy. I looked up thyroid eyes because I was a little freaked out by that. Yeah, what does that mean? Thyroid eye disease is an eye condition in which the eye muscles and fatty tissue behind the eye become inflamed. This can cause the eyes to be pushed forward and bulge and the eyes and eyelids become swollen and red. That sounds not happy. I would not like to see that on my front door. But to those people that have that issue, I'm really sorry. That sounds horrible. Me too. That sounds super duper uncomfortable. Hmm. And scary if it's somebody dressed like men in black with weird ankles. Like super <laughs> tall and Yeah, dark. all together. I don't know. Ugh, creepies. Mm, I don't know. So it started from just some con man, dude. Says the CIA. Yeah, I... I just don't know. It's weird. I've read other stories that are more recent that are like people who like are in a diner and they notice people are staring at them and then finally they come over and sit at their table and like tell them weird things and not to say things and get up and leave and they never hear from them again. There's a lot of stories like that. They're Hmm. creepy and they always are described as being just a little bit off and a little bit weird and it's like the uncanny valley thing. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't like it it creeps me out but it kind of made me sad though that it was just some con man dude taking advantage of people and making up stories I just don't know if I believe that I kind of yeah. don't either I don't I don't want to believe it how about that because I want to believe <laughs> that they exist I think they I think they do I didn't look into it now but in the past I've researched that there's been sightings of women in black and there's also women in white there's read both of that Ooh. And they're like a whole other subset that people see, which is super creepy. Mm. I'd be more creeped out by a chick, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like she'd be higher up because she's a boss. <laughs> she's a boss. Mm. Do you have any women more info in, Women in pantsuits are scary. <laughs> <laughs> they freak me out. That's a power suit. They will hurt you. <laughs> I've been watching The Fall with Jillian Anderson because I've been... Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that and I want to. She's interesting, amazing. but she wears pantsuits a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. Don't mess with Scully. Scully. Don't mess with Scully. <laughs> no, no. 
no, no, no. Bad things happen if you do. Yeah. But I mean, I'll I'll do. I feel like I'll touch on Men in Black again sometime because there's so much more, and my sick brain couldn't handle it. Well, that's also the history. So we'll call this Men in Black the history, and then yeah, that's where the, we'll the urban legend started. Men in Black current or something. <laughs> um, Will Smith. <laughs> The legend of Wilson. Hey, you know what? I would not be surprised if the CIA greenlit that movie so that people wouldn't be freaked out by that kind of stuff. Like I, when we were talking about last week with our tiny guys, when we were talking about all those volcano movies that came out at the same time, like every time there's a huge disaster movie or something like that, I'm like, maybe they're trying to prepare us by just being like, okay, well, this is the shit that's going to happen. Maybe I don't know. Also I've heard that Because he's a Scientologist. Who is Maybe what? it's controlled by the Scientology Church. Which one's a Scientologist? Who's a Scientologist? Will Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he still a Scientologist? I thought he got out of it. I don't know. Did I think he still is. I don't oh, know. What a waste. Maybe yeah. he isn't. I've read that he is a few times. That's so... Because he made that whole um, af- After Earth. What was it called with his son? Oh, shit. That was recent, huh? Mm, I mean, yeah, enough. That was like... Was that Somewhat. supposed to be a Scientology movie? Yep. Oh, shit. No way. It's his, John Travolta's Battlefield Earth. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I've still, I've tried to watch that, I think, two or three times because I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to get through it. And oh I can't. God. I can't. It's so uh, bad. The weird, like, nose plug thing. The sleep, the, the nose strip, the sleeping nose strip. And... I don't remember that. I remember he had shoes on that looked like he was in Kiss. I just remember his weird... <laughs> dreads and yes your dreads and his nose clip oh it's so bad oh maybe i do remember the nose clip did it like connect somewhere i think it might have like his helmet one of his I, dreads I, one of his <laughs> blocked so much of that horrible crap out Ew. i won't even watch it and i watch garbage oh same <sighs> well oh, well i will do mine it's a little different. I know you've heard of the Bermuda Triangle, but have you heard of the Alaskan Triangle or the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle? There's quotes around that because I hate that they call it that. Anyway, I didn't think you knew about it. I didn't know about it. And it just randomly popped up and I was like, yes, something weird and different. This is a huge zone. I actually really want to send you a picture because it is ridiculous how big this region is. It covers a big chunk of the state of Alaska and people go missing there all the time and they are never found let's see over 16,000 people have gone missing since the 50s wow yeah just to describe the border of the triangle stretches from the barrow on the north coast to Anchorage and to Juneau so this really odd is that is that an isosceles triangle I think it might be (laughs) I'm I weirdly had that thought when you showed me the picture. Okay, right? Okay, I I don't know why. I don't do math. I do (laughs) art. So I'm just going to say that it's that. And when we post the picture later, everybody can yell at me for being dumb. It's fine. So the triangle includes (laughs) giant areas of mostly unexplored wilderness so it's just like a dead zone of sprawling forests icy mountain peak desolate tundras there's even volcanoes wow Um, so yeah there's over 100 active volcanoes in that region yeah it's nuts they have hundreds of search and rescue missions every year but state troopers like rarely find any trace of bodies dead or alive why are people out there do people live there is it state park back and beautiful dude so they're just people who are like want to be one with wilderness and explore it because the thing is people like to go out there and they're like oh i like nature and they go completely unprepared for the cold for bears is it always snowy there or is it like mixed i don't know Hmm. i don't know couldn't tell you because never (laughs) been there never been there so the alaskan triangle first received widespread attention when the U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs' airplane vanished somewhere between Anchorage and Juneau in 1972. So this disappearance triggered one of the country's largest ever search and rescue operations involving 40 military aircraft, 50 civilian planes, and 39 days of searching an area of 32,000 square miles. Wow, good luck. So the search yielded nothing. 
no wreckage, no debris, no human remains, just nothing. So it was like, cool, glad we spent all this money. But silver lining is after that incident, Congress passed a new law mandating that all U.S. civilian aircraft have an emergency locator transmitter. So that's super important. Was what kind of... He was in a plane or a helicopter? Yeah, he was in an airplane. Plane. Oh. Yeah. What's but, crazy, though, when planes crash, you can have a huge plane and have legit, like, a shoebox left of debris. It just disintegrates. It's nuts. Yeah. But there are other things that are weird about this area. So so this wasn't the only aircraft to be lost. Back in 1950, a military craft with 44 passengers disappeared and a Cessna carrying a pilot and four passengers disappeared in 1990. Um, so disappearances without a trace are really typical in this region. Oh, so it's since 1988, more than 16,000 people. So even more people probably for the since then. Yeah. Um, That's weird. So this contributes to the annual filing of roughly four missing persons for every 1,000 people in Alaska. So that's a lot of people. That's more than twice the national average of missing people per state. But Whoa. this is where things get fun. So even the native <laughs> Alaska, oh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. And I'm really sorry. Tlingit Indians? Ooh. Tlingit. I think that's it. Uh, they live near Juneau, have integrated this particular mystery into their religious culture. So in this book called In Search of the Kushtaka, Alaska's Other Bigfoot, the Land Otter Man of the Tlingit Indians. Yes, Land Otter Man. Ah, <laughs> That's like Man Bear Pig from Zelda. I Park. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he explores man. the history of the mythical shape shifting creature found in the stories of the Tlingit and, oh man, I don't know how to pronounce this one. Chimshian Indians? Words yeah, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go with that. To southeastern Alaska. So the Kushtaka roughly translated to Land Otter Man and is the Bigfoot of the Alaskan Triangle. So here we are with the cryptid. Yay! I like it. So legend has it that the creature appears to travelers in an irresistible form, such as a relative or a vulnerable child, to lure victims to a nearby river where it tears them to shreds or turns them into another Kushtaka. <laughs> yeah, dark. <laughs> so in addition to that, there are so many different theories about this weird triangle that I had. I'm just still overwhelmed that I've never heard of it. Because yeah, there's so much weirdness in this triangle. And Bermuda Triangle is just... Everyone rolls... likes tropical locations. Better. Right? No one wants to go. <laughs> Even though I want to go to Alaska. I do too, actually. <laughs> so another theory is that the Alaska Triangle comprises of one of the so-called vile vortices. Or geographical areas around the planet postulated by American researcher and cryptozoologist Ivan T. Sanderson that are claimed to exhibit extreme electric, magnetic, and electromagnetic <laughs> anomalies as well as energy vortexes, also called ley lines, so which are theorized as subterranean electromagnetic currents. So naturally the most famous of these vile vortices is the notorious Bermuda Triangle, but they are also said to exist in places like in Timbuktu, in Pakistan, even in Hawaii, I don't know, some volcano. Uh, the Devil's Sea near Japan, which I need to look up because yeah, cool I heard about that. <laughs> um, and both the North and South Poles. And I just want to say... Sedona, because everybody goes there for the vortexes. <laughs> uh, various famous places such as Stonehenge, Easter Island, and the pyramids in Egypt are also said to lie on vortexes, and it's indeed claimed by some that that's why those uh, monuments were built in the right. first place. I've seen this. They've had people lay it all out, and they make like a perfect grid from like where each site connects. They're like geometrically like perfect all these mm. hot spots it's that's really so, weird that's nuts going back a little bit so sixteen thousand people have gone missing from this region that's just from 1988 for bermuda triangle because i looked this up because i was like is it Comparable really that different not. yeah since 1945 oh that's land incidents damn it well the land incidents for Bermuda Triangle <laughs> are only up to 923. So, huh? Oh, that's sea, air, and land. So, but oh, that's it's just not a, even. It's not even. It's way worse. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know it was that low. There's more people that go missing in national parks than that. Oh my god, people. That one's really parks. scary too. Yeah. So. Just so that people know a little bit about these vortexes, um, these energy vortexes are said to create all sorts of strange phenomena. So they're thought to affect humans in various physical, mental, and emotional ways, such as causing visions, 
demonstrating miraculous powers of healing. Oh, Sedona, <laughs> yeah. Arizona. <laughs> I know, Sedona, the whole the whole dang town. Generating spurts of creativity, Sedona, or profound epiphanies. Many people <laughs> believe that they can tap into their higher selves when at these vortexes. These places also allegedly induce disorientation, confusion, and hallucinations, as well as cause, like, yes. delicate... Yeah. <laughs> they can also cause delicate electrical instruments to go haywire or malfunction. So Ooh, can't ghost hunt there. Well, you, you can, to... but not with a EVP recorder. Yeah. So more far out theories on energy vortexes are that they're actually doorways into spiritual dimensions or gateways to other realms. Yes. So all of these things could explain why people and vehicles such as ships or airplanes go missing in these regions. But who knows? So there are some interesting things that seem to support the idea that this could be on one of those vortexes. So Alaska is covered with a large concentration of magnetic anomalies, um, some of which can disrupt compasses to the point as where as much as 30 degrees off of where they should be pointing. Some search and rescue workers in the area have reported having audio hallucinations there. They call them hallucinations, most commonly described as sounding like an angry swarm of bees or Crazy. feeling unusually disoriented or lightheaded. And those audio hallucinations are not over recording equipment. It's just in their head. They'll like be standing outside and then they'll hear like this weird swarm Ew. of bees and there's no bees. Creepy I don't bees. like that. Spooky bees. <laughs> Ew, I don't know about that. <laughs> Did you read any about how the Bermuda Triangle and this one could be like a wormhole that's connected? I've read I those weird things too before. Oh. Yeah, they're like weird portals and that bermuda triangles is under the water and it like connects <laughs> it's like a See, whole weird I'm thing have to read more. dude my brain <laughs> my face is so uh my face hurts so bad from all the side pressure my face it's... doesn't hurt but my brain and my skull oh. is hurting <laughs> dude right under my eyes and my teeth hurt it's oh like this no the teeth hurt. anyway that sucks moving on to something that's gonna make erica very upset mm. As you sit in a dark room. <laughs> Great. There's, one, there's, a, there's an otter guy behind me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. In 1986, a Japanese plane was flying from Iceland to Anchorage when it came across three UFOs. Ugh. So three unidentified flying objects followed the airliner for approximately 400 miles. What? Right, yes. Right through the triangle. One of the objects was said to be twice the size of an aircraft carrier while the other two were smaller in size. Uh, there's a mothership and our little destroyers that's gross <laughs> <laughs> so the crew reported Ugh. seeing flashing lights following their plane and air traffic controllers also witnessed something unidentifiable on their radar that was reportedly as close as five miles away from the plane the pilot claimed that then at one point the two smaller ships appeared directly in front of the plane at pretty close range he described quote two small ships and the mothership ah. Disappearing and reappearing quickly, moving fast and stopping suddenly, which is impossible for, obviously, for a normal airliner to do. In order to escape the UFOs, the pilots received permission from the ground crew to fly at a lower altitude while making several turns to elude the objects, but nothing he did could he could escape them. So after about 32 minutes, the UFOs disappeared, although the pilot claimed that he thought the entire counter lasted, like, way longer than that. So, Ew, got... so there's, like, a weird loss of time, sort of, for the pilot? Is that what you're saying? That's kind of what he's saying, or it could just be one of those situations where you're like, this sucks, and, like, Felt long. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can totally buy that. <laughs> you would die. Oh, I would. Oh. Like, just crash it, and just crash it. <laughs> Ew, I don't like it. <laughs> It could just be the oh, This is making me think about, too, the, the one I read about recently from the military released footage. It's called the Tic Tac UFO. Have you read about oh, that one? I kept thinking that was like a an advertisement and not really like real news. It's not. It's <laughs> oh, like an actual okay. military like, ugh, uh, it's gross. You can listen to the audio of them while they're like trying to figure out what it is. It's weird. Oh, see, when people in uniform freak out, that's when I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, and, like, we're going to die. Their plane, like, their radar is super, super, super sophisticated, and it auto-locks onto things that are flying around them. Yeah. It couldn't lock onto it. So the pilot <sighs> had to take over and manually lock onto it, and it took him, like, two or three times, and oh. then he got it. But it was, like, going so fast. Mm -mm. This, it was a little gross. 
Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm going to have to read and listen to that because um, oh. I know nothing. But um, it's better that way. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. So all of those theories aside, this area is giant. It, it's got super hazardous terrain, super dangerous wild animals, really intense geological features like the 100 active volcanoes, rugged wilderness. I mean, plus all those tourists that camp and think they know what they're doing and they're not Bear grills, so they don't. So right. they get lost and, you know, probably encounter some danger that incapacitates them because there's a lot of glaciers up there as well. And glaciers will look really flat when you look at them from the air, from just images that we see, but they're actually really, they're honeycomb-like. So you can just fall down like a little crevice and be gone forever. Uh, So it's really spooky and I have no interest in going to that area. No, no. Yeah, so we don't really know um, evil spirits or not, or UFOs or vortices or Mm -mm. just nature. But that's the Alaskan uh, Triangle. Oh, so gross. (laughs) (laughs) What are are you more spooked out by? The honeycomb glacier or UFOs? Because... Oh, my God. Like, if I was out there and then I saw an alien and then I saw the honeycomb hole (laughs) in front of me, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, because I have really... Like, I'm shocked that I'm able to sit in this little cave because I have kind of intense claustrophobia sometimes oh my god i do not like caves that's another episode (laughs) (laughs) i got lost in one you did yeah when i was like 15 i got lost in it like hardcore with um a friend and we were mistakenly told by a family who was leaving like hey you should go down this route Because it looks like there'd be cool stuff there. And we decided to. And the hole was like really small that we fit through. Oh no. And then we kept going and going and going. And then we realized we were lost. I realized we were lost. But I was like okay. And then I turned and looked at my friend. And she was very upset. And started having a panic attack and crying. (laughs) And I was like oh my god. We're lost. We're totally lost right now. And yeah it was a shit show. When I was when I was younger, we went to Yosemite for our eighth grade trip, and they had us go through what they called the spider caves. It wasn't because they were spider filled. It sounds it was like just, our cave. Just you, you were supposed to, you crawled like you've seen the descent, right? So good. You, you so you I remember when they're trying to like army crawl through yes. that one horrible. Disgusting. We had to go through one of those little things, and I started to freak out. And this was at the time, I think it was, this was eighth grade. I had a massive crush on Andre and he <laughs> held my hand and I was like, I'm in heaven. Oh. I love K's. I'm going to spelunk all the time. Well, it's so great. <laughs> Yours ended better. Ours well, did. No, I was still freaked out. I was like, hey, he's holding my hand. I might pee my pants though. Cause oh I really my hate God. <laughs> Ours was so stupid because when we finally got out, cause I was like, okay, we're going to think about this logically. There's so many like, tunnel arms we came in one of them so we just started trying until we found one that looked familiar and then when we got out um the person who we passed thought we were insane because we were like freaking out hyperventilating crying that we made it and then when we went and then yeah and then i like scraped my whole back like it was awful but when we returned our stuff we were in the check-in shop place counter and they had a framed old poster and it was the cave we got lost in. It was uh, the labyrinth cave. That's what they called it. Oh, and Jesus. I was like, are you kidding me? We were oh. in a labyrinth? Oh, that just oh, that makes my chest feel tight. And I so just feel mad. very uncomfortable right now. I was like, no wonder we got so oh. lost. And there were arms everywhere. It was literally a labyrinth. <laughs> like, what's happening? That's awful. I hate caves. I know. See, you're reminding me how much I hate caves. Because it was the Lava Tube Caves Park that we went to in California. It, See, I, John and I went up to a lava tube when we were in Hawaii, but it was, like, wide open, and people yeah, were like, oh, yeah, fine. we're going to climb through that. And I'm like, nah, we're good. We're going to we're gonna hang out up here no. where the rocks aren't quite as sharp, and we're not going to die. So I'm, like, cool now only with wine cellar caves. Oh, those are acceptable. Those are good. Those are some. <laughs> I can't remember. Lighting. Oh, my mom <laughs> took me to this one, and there was there was a resident doggy that hung out in there. It was like the best. I'll have I to think about it. I like dog caves. 
I know. It was a cave that had wine. They gave chocolate and there was dog. I was like, this is the best. That's I'll good. update everybody I next time when I ask my mom. Oh, we should go. Mom always <laughs> takes me to the us wineries. It's so well awesome. Done, mom. Mom's a pro. She's awesome. Jeez, I'm going to go. Okay, cool. I learned something today. <laughs> that there's a wine cave in Stoneman County. That I'm sure know. there are many. I'm sure there are tons. Everyone well, then I have a wine cave crawl with dogs to go to. <laughs> if you have suggestions, please email us at nightguyspod at gmail.com or send us a DM at nightguyspod on Instagram or even Twitter because we keep forgetting that we have it. So we do have one. It's out there. Do you ever post the it's post? In the, it's in the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Our, our Twitter is in the triangle. <laughs> the Twitter triangle. I post our podcasts to it, I think. Not the Instagram well, stuff? Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I'm just asking. Oh, I don't I don't, want, I don't want to give our listeners false information. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah, because <laughs> everything we say is so factual. <laughs> there are UFOs and, and land oh, otter no, man. Oh, no, that I believe in. Yeah, oh, no, okay. I believe in. Land otter man exists. Yeah, I believe that. Why not? I believe it. Okay, cool. Cool. Right on. <laughs> Consensus. Meeting adjourned. Achieved. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. <laughs> God, oh I'm delirious. I think this is where my brain shuts off more so than it was. Cool. Good for us. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Well, that's all I've got to share and... Now that we've degraded into nothingness, <laughs> I think it's time to say goodnight and let both of us rest. Yay! We'll feel better later. For the tiny guys? Yep. And then Christmas episode. Yep. Oh, yeah. We'll pick. No, I'm going to keep that surprise. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we start right now. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, Thank you for listening. Please join us for our Tiny Guys later on Friday. Friday? And then Uh-oh. next week on Wednesday, we're going to release another podcast because we love you guys so much. This this is true. I don't know how we're going to record it because I'm not going to be at home. I'm going to be at my in-laws, so this will be fun. Yay! I'm going to make like a weird tent. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I own my own fort. I'm going to sit under a desk or something. I don't know. It'll be great. I have faith in you. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Liana. I'm America. This is Night Guys. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye.